Taste of Country Nights with Evan Paul On Demand, episode 55 with Breland. Where were you when you found out you got nominated for the CMA? Um, I was in bed and I opened Instagram and I saw them rolling through the thing and it was like entertainer of the year. I was like, I'm not worried about this. And they're like, boom. Like new artists, I was like, all right, let's see. And I was like, oh, I might not have anything. And then right towards the end of the post, because it's like a video, it's like un- unraveling in real time. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting there at like seven o'clock in the morning, and I ultimately I, I saw that that Beers on Me was nominated for musical event of the year with me, me, Dirks, and Hardy. And I was like, let's go. <laughs> Yeah. Let me tell you, this guy, Breland, is the man. He's a singer, a songwriter. He is just a talented dude. And we had a lot of fun in this interview. He's got a big 2022 and beyond planned. As usual, thanks for listening. Go ahead and give us a like, a subscribe, a rating. That all helps us out. Um, it's Evan Paul here on Taste of Country Nights with Breland. What's up, dude? What's poppin'? What's poppin'? Congrats <laughs> on the nomination, man. Thank you, man. It's an exciting day. Yeah, where were you when you found out you got nominated for the CMA? Um, I was in bed, and I opened Instagram, and I saw them rolling through the thing, and it was like entertainer of the year. I was like, I'm not worried about this. And they're like, boom. It was like, new artist. I was like, all right, let's see. And I was like, oh, I might not have anything. And then right towards the end of the post, because it's like a video, it's like un- unraveling in real time. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting there at like seven o'clock in the morning. And I ultimately, I, I saw that that Beers on Me was nominated for musical event of the year with me, me, Dirks, and Hardy. And I was like, let's go. <laughs> we in there, guys. We in there. Yeah. Did you get a chance to talk to the guys yet? Yeah, I shot, I shot him a text, you know, just, just, uh, you know, congratulating them. Look, Hardy's nominated for a lot of stuff this yeah. year. Uh, appropriately so. He's had a killer year, uh, including Best New Artist. So I feel like this is like a smaller one for him. But I was like, me and Darks, this is, this is our only one this year. So I'm excited. Have you heard the new Hardy song with Lainey Wilson? So good. Wait in the truck. Yeah. Monster. What did you think about when you first heard that? Were you? I was like, <laughs> I, mean, it's, I, it's I went heavy. through a lot of emotion. It's yeah, heavy. Yeah. It's definitely... You know, for those who believe in trigger warnings, is a trigger warning type of song. Yeah. But it's it's got a it's got a cool message to it. You know, he's obviously on the right side of things, and uh, powerful performance from them both. Music video is nuts. Yeah, crazy. It's yeah. like a whole movie, man. Um, you're playing stagecoach in 2023. Let's talk uh, about it. What should the festival crowd know about a Breland live show? We turn up. We turn up, man. Our show is fun. Live live music, but we got tracks. You're going to feel some 808s, but you're going to hear some real guitar licks. Christian will be with me, uh, who just played played with us. And uh, I don't know, man. We played this year at the late night stage for uh, Stagecoach. And it was such a blast, but it was so late in the day. And I had just come back from London that week. So it was like 7 a.m. in my mind. And it was like 11.30 p.m. West Coast. This time we're playing a little earlier in the day, and I think it'll actually be to my benefit, and I think people will enjoy it. So how do you prepare? I mean, that's like the biggest, most epic country music festival. Yeah. How do you prepare your set for that? You just want to come with as much heat as you can. Um, I try to do a completely cover-free set at those events, but we do sometimes throw in some strawberry wine. The the key is for every song on my album to pop off so crazy that we just play the record top to bottom. Okay. That that is that is the that is the ideal world if I could have it my way. Okay, all yeah. right. Uh, my truck is uh, your most famous song to date. Did you know when you finished it, it was going to be that big? 
I didn't know it was going to be that big, but I knew it was catchy. And I know when you have something that's that catchy, there's a chance that it could go. Uh, and I put it out independently and started to just go viral, just completely grassroots. We didn't have like any campaigns or anything and ended up signing a deal and it opened a lot of doors. So I, I didn't anticipate it, but I'm incredibly grateful for it. How do you, what constitutes a hit nowadays in country music? Like, how'd you know, like this was, it's now officially a hit. Um, I think it's got a chart, you know, in some capacity. I think it's got a chart. Uh, I would say that that one is a hit because it went platinum, throw it back, went gold. Beers on me went gold and went number one. I would say that those three are safely hits. Um, praise the Lord could get to hit status. I think we're almost gold and there could be gold right now. Um, so, I mean, I think it has to have some type of certification or something has to happen okay, for it to be able to be sense. called a hit. Was there like any pressure to to like do it again, you know, with throw it back and, uh, you know? Yeah, there's, there's a little pressure from people. I don't feel that pressure, but I acknowledge that some people are like, oh, what's he going to do? Like, is he going to come back with more? And I'm like, I believe in my pen. I believe in the work that I've put in. Uh, I'm not just going to be like a flash in the pan, come with one record type of guy. And I'm excited to get this album out so I can show people just how much versatility we have. Yeah, you do have a lot of versatility, man. I I (laughs) give you that for sure. Um, Who was the first artist to go out of their way in country music and kind of welcome you with open arms? Yeah, I mean, we got Sam Hunt on the My Truck remix. That was was a big cosign. Um, But the one that really was running around singing my praises early on was Keith. Um, We made a bunch of music together. He brought me out to Australia. We kicked it for a couple weeks and like that's the homie you know and and for me to move to Nashville and I I wasn't even living in Nashville at the time and for him to just kind of be getting my name out there to people to feature me on his project hop on one of my songs uh you know that relationship is is so important and so integral to why I'm even in town do you keep up with uh like Keith and Sam Hunt, do, you, do y'all oh, like yeah. text all the time? Like what's Sam, Sam is like in my core friend group out here, so he's he is the homie for real. And um, I'll see him probably tomorrow. I think that's cool. Okay, um, you have a song called Happy Song, but it's yeah. like ironically the saddest song. Like probably it's the saddest song on the album. Yeah, it's it's yeah. the song that has the the least redemption. Because for <laughs> what it's worth, and good for you are sad, but they're at least like resolute. You yeah. know, like it's at least like. I understand where, I, you know, the part that I played in this not working out. Happy song is just like, man, this song is tearing me up. Tell me your worst heartbreak. Like, My worst heartbreak? Does, do they know who they are? They know, know exactly who they are. Uh, they're out there. I'm I'm a cancer, bro, so I, I, I love hard. Uh, I, I get heartbroken all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Even if I'm the one who breaks up with you, I'll yeah. be the one that's heartbroken in the end. That's kind of how it goes. You ever got catfished? Um, I've never gotten catfished at a level that was really concerning, but I definitely was going back and forth with someone in the DMs and then realized this is not a real, it was a real person, but it wasn't the person that they were pretending to be. And I I realized it pretty soon because I'm like, all of these pictures look like, no, no, they're a little grainy. Yeah. I'm like, it's not enough engagement. I'm like, you're way too hot to only have 25 Did likes. Did you do the whole, like, you know? <laughs> hold a sign up that says, like. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> say, I love Breland. <laughs> you know, tat it on your arm right now, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, what song on the album is so personal that you almost didn't re- record it or put it on the album? 
Um, honestly, maybe maybe Growing Pains, uh, even though it's kind of a light, uh, up-tempo type song, the message of it is real. You know, I've been on this journey of trying to find balance, trying to be intentional about what I say and what I believe and, you know, just be good energy. And I feel like for a while I wasn't able to really tap into that because I was so caught up in whether or not I was getting good news. If I got good news, like a CMA nomination, I'd be like, Oh, it's the best day ever. And then I would maybe not get good news or get bad news. And then I would be like, man, it sucks. I'm like, you can't just be, you can't just be that person all the time at Mm -hmm. the mercy of whatever news you're receiving. You have to set some, some boundaries around your career and your personal life. And you have to set the tone each day for what the day is going to look like, regardless of what happens. And that's what growing pains is about. It's like, even, even when you still have those days that you can't get out of bed, you show up and and you try your best. And sometimes that's what the growth looks like. Dog. Let's talk about thick. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about (laughs) thick. Yes, sir. Um, I like them down south. ATL to Texas. So, so, okay. So we got Lizzo. Uh, is this Ashley Graham? It's Ashley Graham. Uh, Meg the stallion. Yep. Okay. Um, Kelly Clarkson. It is. is. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly Clarkson. What's up, Kelly? How you feeling? Holler at me. Um, Um, (laughs) Serena. Serena. Of course. Yeah. It's a good list. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, how do you tell a girl she's thick without getting in trouble? You just got to say it with, you got to be really charming about it. Okay. You got to be like this. So tell Kelly Clarkson, go ahead. Oh, Kelly, I would be like this, like, Kelly, God spent extra time making you. Ooh. And you make me love God. Ooh, dang. That's, that's a title and a track, man. That's, that's deep. Um, you got five collaborations on the album. Ingrid, Thomas Rhett, uh, Lady A, Keith Urban, Mickey Guyton. Yeah. Who is on your bucket list for your next project? Next project, I'm trying to get some some pop stars on some country songs, man. I'm trying to get Jack Harlow on a song. He Ooh. just played out here in Nashville. I'm like, we gotta get. he's from Kentucky, bro. Like, it's not that much of a stretch. I'd love to get Jack Harlow on a song. I would love to do something with Kane. I feel like we've written a few times. We have a couple songs that we like, but we got to get, like, the right one. We got to come with some heat. Gotcha. Um, as far as, like, some older artists, if I could get one with Dolly, you know what I mean? She's the GOAT. Um, that would be exciting. And, and, and shoot, we'll just we'll throw Drake in the mix as well. He's got Memphis roots. Um, his, you know, his dad is, is from Memphis, and he spent a lot of time out here in Tennessee. I feel like he could, he could get in that bag. So how do you go about getting someone to do that? Do you just keep hitting them like, man, come on, man. Come nah, on, man. it's all about timing. I have songs set aside for when I run into Drake so that I can be like, here's the song that we should do together. Uh, so you, you got re- to be ready so you don't have to get ready, you know? So like, you have like a Drake folder. I've got a little folder of songs for a bunch of different artists. Like I have songs that if I'm like, oh, this would like, Praise the Lord was in my Thomas Rhett folder before I ever met him. I didn't know him at the time. And it took us months to finally get it to him. But when the opportunity arose, I was like, I have the perfect song for us. And, and he loved it. So you just got to you just got to be ready. Wow. So the goal is to get in Breland's like list. Oh, yeah. If you're um, if you're if you're in my hard drive right now, it's a good it's a good place to be coming after you. Yeah, I'm coming. You wrote three thousand songs in what, like three years? Yeah, that? probably. Probably. I mean, more like five years. But yeah. Um, and you had a day job. Yeah. Tell me what that life was like. Yeah, dude, I was going into the office. I was in corporate America doing business to business sales. I'm like, 
building lists in Excel, calling people cold and cold emails and it sucked. Uh, <laughs> and there are some people who are still working that specific job from the time that I was there who are like, Oh, this is what he was trying to do the whole time. I almost, I almost got fired from that job. Like I was on a performance improvement plan and I was like, I'm actually just going to quit because I don't want to get better at this job. I want to get better at the other one. Yeah. yeah. All right. Wait. So give me the shtick. Like, uh, so I I pay hello. Yeah. I'd be like, Hey, this is, this is, uh, Daniel Breland here with name of company. Uh, (laughs) and uh, I, I thought that you might be in need of some some language translation solutions. We have some incredible rates and offers. I'm coming. I'm coming at them like that, and wow. it sucks. I'm like, this is so disingenuous. <laughs> I don't believe in this product. I don't believe in this company. And I'm literally biding my time before I can write a hit and pop off out of here. I do not want to be at this job, dog. Like, <laughs> do you ever go back? No. Do you no, no, know no. any of the people still? No. One of them messaged me on on Instagram. Uh, couple weeks ago and she's no longer working there but she was like yeah like you inspired me to leave the job and i was like let's go (laughs) i just want i want everyone to quit i want the company to crumble and fall and they'll blame me uh, entourage (laughs) and office space yeah movies like that exactly um you've already had some epic things happen in your career man if you had to pick like the top few like what what, what would you look back on already yeah i would say we played um we played an event here in town called Breland and Friends at the Ryman. We sold out the Ryman. We had Kane, Dirks, Nelly, freaking Thomas Red, Tyler Hubbard, Russell Dickerson, Mickey Guy, and Jimmy Allen. A bunch of people showed up, sang duets with everybody. We raised over $140,000 for the Oasis wow. Center. Um, that was by far the most magical uh, day that I've had, night that I've had. I would say after that, we went out and played C2C in London. It was my first time playing overseas, and we won over that crowd, and it was the most gratifying moment to be like, these people are like, not even, they didn't grow up on country music. Like, they just discovered country music at some point in the UK and are here right now, and they rock with what we're doing. That was like a big vote of confidence. Uh, And then I would say probably this, this CMA Awards nomination that I got today is a big deal. I sang at the CMA Awards uh, last year, and it was it was I was so nervous, and I wasn't even up for any awards. I don't know whether or not I'm performing yet for this year, but being nominated is really special. Yeah, big congrats on that, man. Thank you, man. And thank you so much for coming by, dude. Oh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. All right, now, after the interview, we want to bring Billy Dukes from TasteOfCountry.com in from behind the camera. Let's chat about what just happened. Now that Breland has schooled us on how to call a girl thick, do you feel confident that you could do that without getting whipped across the face with whatever is in her hand? No, no, no. I don't think so. No, no, no. no. I, I, yeah, I, I actually went home and told my wife about that the whole thing about the Kelly Clarkson thing, and I, she was like, "Oh man." <laughs> I mean, you make me love God. Is that's a good line? I feel like. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, man, sitting down Breland, this kid's like, he's a genius, man. He's really good at, at everything. Like, he, the way from the way he carries himself to his music and his ideas and his songwriting, and he played for us, man. I'm, I'm a big fan. I think it's important that we, we recognize his songwriting as well, which is kind of what we're doing this week. I mean, there are artists who just sing songs that other people give to them. And then there's artists, artists who sort of dabble with songwriting, but as they start getting better and better songs, they sort of exit that that part of the craft. Breland, I mean, 3,000 songs in five years, that is a commitment to songwriting first, 
and then entertainment second. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no way. Like, there's that's like I I haven't done the math, but isn't that like two songs a day? Like, uh, like like is he just spilling them out that fast? It's it's it's. I wonder out of those three thousand, like how many of those could be recorded into hits like is he sitting on a pot of gold probably not many i kind of look at it like this and and this may be sort of trivializing the art of songwriting but like at taste of country i do several stories a day and and people probably aren't too amazed with that but i think radio what you do people are are kind of amazed that people can get on the radio and either do a a four to five hour music show or, or talk for four hours if it's a sports or news program like, that's equally impressive. But to those hosts and to yourself, like, that's just second nature. Like, you would have no problem filling a minute with a break or a story or, or, or something yeah. like that. Is it? you think it's the same kind of deal? I, I didn't really think about it like that. But, yeah, I mean, now that you bring it up, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's it certainly sounds like it. It certainly sounds like he could just sit down for lunch and, and belt a song out while he's eating. And, and the other thing I kind of wonder is, like, Maybe he writes a song and it's like, okay, so-so, it's not great. But then, you know, a month or two later, he kind of tweaks the same song, uses a lot of those same lyrics, maybe even borrows the same melody, adds different lyrics. Like, it's just a, a different version of the same song, a version 2.0, so to speak. And maybe that adds to the tally. Yeah, and, and I don't know, like, uh, how these artists do it. Like, how does he know which one out of those 3,000? Because obviously when he was done writing each one, he was probably like... That's good. That's good. So, like, how do you go through and know which ones are actually? That's a whole another talent. Like, you have to have the know of, you know, man, this one could be something. You know. Well, you know which radio breaks or which stories or interviews you would put on your like best of reel, or if you had like a greatest hits album of Evan on the radio, like you know which would make it and which are just sort of, you know, fill in yeah, the space. To- to a point, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say there's like 20% still where I'm like, I think it's good, but I don't know if anybody else does, you know? And then there's always like ones that, that's what's tough is there's ones that you think are filler that someone's like, that was the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, that's kind of where I draw that from is like, that's that's where it gets tough, man, because like, you could be sitting on a because uh, country music has a lot of puns. You know, you could be sitting on a pun, and it it could be like the dumbest pun in the world in your head, but then you let it out there, and people are like, "Oh my god!" I think anytime an artist comes up with a, a, a pun or a turn of a phrase that hasn't been done before, like like John Pardee missed her Saturday night on Mister Set, I and mean, that's a that's gold. You got to go with that every time. Yeah, I like, there's another one. Um, I haven't heard the song yet, but I'm assuming L King, uh, one shot. So, I mean, that could either be like one shot of whiskey or like you have one shot. Don't blow it. You know, we, we just had Parker McCullum in as well. And he had the lyric that was something like I told he was talking about drinking. And he said, I, I told myself I should quit, but I don't listen to drunks. Like, that's really clever. He's the drunk, so he's not going to listen to himself. Uh, wow, is that what cool. that I still didn't really even when he explained it I still didn't understand yeah. is that where we're at on that I realized you were pretty lost with all of that he was trying yeah, to because he was like you're you. the drunk and I'm like what do you mean yeah <laughs> yeah that's what he was saying you like you in the song is the drunk and he doesn't oh. listen to drunks oh yeah see 
Some of these puns are tough, man. I don't know if it's just me or not, but some of these puns are like, because I was very confused by that. Okay, that makes sense. Well, that'll be in a later podcast. I love listening to him talk about his old sales job. Uh, yeah, he was so really angry about it. Yeah, he I mean, he was he, was, he hated that. <laughs> he hated that job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like, I was trying to get him back into it. He was just pissed. Yeah, but I wonder if like most entry level sales jobs are all like that, and he's he was just over it. Like, if that company ever burns, I think Breland has to be a suspect. Uh, right. Based on what we heard here today. <laughs> yeah, if you uh, if you watch Office Space, he's the Milton. If you've ever yeah. seen Office Space. Do you have, when, when you have interviews like this with artists who are, are pretty new, but you just, you get along really well and the interview goes really well. But at the end of the day, it's still an artist that people don't know super well so they don't care about it as much as they would like a jason aldean or a miranda lambert does that frustrate you when you have great conversations that you just know less people are going to hear based because of the the interest isn't there yeah it kind of stinks yeah um you know but you know it's it's just one of those things where you just put it in, put, you know, just you hope that everything you do, you know, everything you do is, is works out at some point and you put it on the shelf. And cause there's been some times where there have been some artists that, you know, were not really up and coming or not on the cusp of making it that we've interviewed. And I've been like, Oh man, that was great. No one's ever going to hear it. And then like, uh, five years later, I'll revisit after they've made it, you know, like, uh, I'll give you an example. Um, when I first, uh, when I first started here at taste of country nights, like my first interview was Walker Hayes, uh, mm-hmm. or one of my first interviews. And mm-hmm. you know, he was, that was great, man. We, I was like, this is the coolest guy ever. And then I was like, well, we don't play any Walker Hayes or we don't, we don't, you know, no one really knows yet who he is. And I just kind of put it on the shelf and, and, uh, we come back and, you know, a few years later and he's got fancy, like just takes off on the radio. I was able to go back and grab a clip from me talking about, uh, how he had to work at Costco, you know, in between label deals and use that. So it's, it can go either way, but yeah, it is frustrating a little bit, but that's part of like the deal. You know, yeah. there's, it's like being a defenseman in the NFL. Like you every day are saving the quarterback's life in the game and no one really even knows who you are. You know, it's a, right. sometimes you equate those to uh, that. I haven't asked you this question in a long time, but I guess I'll end here. Uh, what is oh one thing you wish you would have asked Breland um, that you didn't get a chance to ask him this time around? So, yeah, I, the, I guess like his first song was, um, for lack of better terms in radio, we would call it like a novelty song, you know, like, um, meaning that, uh, you know, it gets added because it's, it's hot at the moment and it's about a certain, sub. fancy like was a novelty song that kind of backfired because then it turned into not a novelty song. Right. Um, but, um. You know, my truck. It was kind of a novelty song. I would have wanted to know if, um, if that if that was his choice to enter into country music that way, or did someone tell him that that would be a good idea? You know, Red Solo Cup, another good novelty song. 
Yes. And that's not to say that the artist, I mean, look at that. It's Toby Keith. I mean, any size yeah. artist can have a, um, a novelty song. It could come at uh, a one hit wonder or it could come at any time in your career and then you can bounce back and I'm not bounce back. I mean, having a novelty song isn't bad, but you know, there's like one of those every year in country music. I'm trying to think if we've had one yeah. this year though. Um, I, I mean, I mean, I know that Fancy Like was supposed to be one, um, so I don't know if that yeah. counts. Well, that was kind of more last year, but I guess maybe it's it's hung on a little bit more into the into this year. Yeah. Um, dang, I'm sure there's been a ton. I just can't think of any. I can't think of any either. Well, well aren't we just great? What? Well, 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 we're out of ideas. All right. Well, we better wrap it up there then. <laughs> <laughs> And thank you so much for listening to Taste of Country Nights with Evan Paul On Demand. Uh, Go ahead and give us a like, a rating, a subscribe, a comment. Man, anything helps us out. We appreciate you. Taste of Country Nights On Demand podcast is part of the Town Square Media Podcast Network.